0: Brothers and sisters, the wedding feast at Cana marks the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. It's here that he performs his first miracle in public. And through this sign, we can come to understand more fully what Jesus is about. When we hear this story, we may initially be put off by the interaction between Jesus and Mary. I mean, I don't know about you but I can say without reservation, that if I had ever responded to one of my mother's requests by saying, woman, how does your concern affect me, I wouldn't be standing here today. (laughs) If we go back to the original Greek text, we can shed some much needed light on this passage. While in the English the text is translated in a manner that can make our modern ears cringe, the Greek text reads much differently. A more literal translation of the Greek would be something to the effect of, woman, what what to you and to me is this concern? Now again, this may still sound rude as Jesus addresses his mother as woman. But keep in mind that this is not being spoken in 21st century America. The title that Jesus used for Mary in the Greek was Ava. So where our ears hear this statement and think it's a derogatory comment, a first century Jew would hear this and immediately realize that Jesus is addressing his mother with a title that was given to Eve. And in doing so, he's addressing her not as woman in a derogatory sense, rather he's bestowing upon Mary the title of the new Eve. This is significant because it means that Jesus is not addressing Mary in a rude, degrading manner. He's identifying her as the new Eve, and in doing so, he's identifying himself as the new Adam. With this in mind, we can now properly understand this question that Jesus poses to his mother. While the English text translates it as, Woman, how does your concern affect me? The way this would have sounded to a first-century Jew would be closer to, how does this concern the new Adam and the new Eve? Or put another way, how does this concern the mission of undoing original sin? How does this affect the mission of salvation? And here, Mary's response makes all the more sense. She doesn't explain a thing to Jesus, but simply turns to the waiters and says, do whatever he tells you. What we glean from this is that Mary didn't miss a beat. She knew exactly what Jesus was asking and realized the importance of this particular moment. Recall that original sin first occurred when the original Eve disobeyed God. Mary, as the new Eve, undoes the original sin of the old Eve. Rather than disobeying God, her response is, do whatever he tells you. It's an act of total obedience, of total surrender to God's will. And as we continue to delve into this passage, we can't overlook the fact that all of this is taking place at a wedding. In Scripture, the relationship between God and his people is often described in terms of a marriage. And we heard this in the first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. For the Lord delights in you and makes your land his spouse. As a young man marries a virgin, so shall your builder marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. So this wedding is not just the coming together of some unnamed bride and groom. It's the wedding of God to his people. And it's here that the new Eve, Mary, looks out and sees a problem. They're out of wine. It's as if she's saying, These people can't sustain the wedding feast. Again, this is the history of the people of Israel. Time and again, God made covenants with them, with Noah with Abraham, with Moses, with David. And time and again, the people proved incapable of sustaining the party. Through their sin, they proved incapable of sustaining the proper relationship with God. Jesus, whom St. Paul refers to as the new Adam, responds to Mary's concern. He, like Mary, is aware that the people are incapable of sustaining the party on their own. What ensues, of course... Is one of the most notable miracles in all of the Gospels. Jesus turns water into wine. But not just any wine. He turns it into fine wine. And this isn't yellowtail that Jesus is giving them. It's a fine wine. And this, symbolically, is how we learn of God's love for his people. His love is so strong that even though the people themselves are incapable of sustaining the wedding feast for themselves, he will provide what is necessary to keep the party going. And not only will he sustain the party, but he'll enhance it by providing the finest wine. Friends, let me suggest that this same dynamic applies to us. You know, much like the people of Israel, we ourselves are incapable of sustaining the wedding feast on our own. Like the people of Israel, we often fall into sin, and our relationship with God is broken. The good news for us is that while we often run out of wine, God can and does provide for us. But this only happens when we follow the instruction of the Blessed Mother. Do whatever He tells you. When we follow her advice, we're able to enter into that proper relationship with Christ. And this is true for us as a community. It's true for us as a worldwide church. And it's true for us as individuals. If we want to form that personal relationship with Christ, and we do want to form that personal relationship with Christ, we must be about doing what he tells us. He's revealed himself as the new Adam and his mother as the new Eve. He's come to the wedding feast where he wishes to rejoice in us as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride. And he affords us the opportunity to enter into this proper and personal relationship with him, regardless of our own insufficiencies, regardless of the fact that we have foolishly consumed all of the wine. It doesn't matter that we don't have enough to provide for ourselves. Rather, what matters is that we trust God and allow him to provide for us. You see, the mistake made by the old Eve and the old Adam is that they didn't trust God. Although God had provided for all of their needs, they still allowed themselves to be tricked by the serpent, the devil. The devil convinced them that God wasn't providing for them out of a love or out of an altruistic motive, but that he was holding back from them. And convinced by the devil, they decided to take matters into their own hands, quite literally, as they grasped for that forbidden fruit. And this, of course, was met with disastrous consequences. And it still is today. When we cease to trust in God, and when we take matters into our own hands, we often find ourselves in a position where we've run out of wine. But on the other hand, if we cease grasping and instead listen to God and do what he tells us, what we realize is that something as ordinary as water can be transformed into fine wine. What we realize is that our God can rejoice in us. Jesus is the new Adam. And he's come to instruct us on the path that leads to salvation. Listen to him and do whatever he tells you. Brothers and sisters, peace to you and to all who do what Christ commands.